This podcast is sponsored by Hibu, an award-winning e-commerce fulfillment provider, helping online businesses grow by taking care of all their order fulfillment needs, picking, packing, and posting products to customers all over the world. Fuel your growth and fulfill your ambitions with Hibu. Hello and welcome to Three Peeps in the Podcast, the bonus show. Yesterday we went to Watford and were stung by two very soft goals in a game that we largely dominated. 62% possession, six shots on target. Alex Scott returned as a second half substitute and very nearly was a catalyst to a fight back. But Matt, it was a defeat and a frustrating knowing that um, that now sends us down to a minus two goal difference. Yeah, morning, mate. Um, yeah, it was frustrating, but it's one of those games where you come away sort of thinking, actually, we played really well. That they, they weren't, you know, we were the better side. And I know a lot of home fans or, you know, the, the team you support often say that, but we clearly were. But it was it was fine margins, you know, a little bit of luck. We didn't get a couple of scrappy goals. And that is the difference in the championship, isn't it? But um, all in all, you know, in, in terms of performance, it was an, another decent performance. Yeah. It's not a very happy hunting ground for Bristol City of late. Eight goals conceded in the last two visits. Um, and I'll bring in our guest to see if uh, his trips to Watford had any better luck. And that is Gary Hours. Gary, how are you, sir? Good morning. No, they, they didn't have any better luck because um, the last time I played at Watford for City, uh, I think we got beat four. Well, and Ken Phillips scored a hat-trick. Did he? On the Monday, he got transferred to Sunderland. <laughs> so, I can tell you exactly you know. how you got on at Watford for Bristol City. Uh, three away games, uh, three losses. The first one was 1-0. And the 22nd yeah. of April, 95, Kevin Phillips scored. And then 2-1 oh, oh. in 97 in a League Cup game. A late winner for Watford after Gary Hours chops down Wayne Andrews. Really? Yeah. He ended um, up playing for us, Wayne Andrews, on Ling. Yeah, I, did, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I often yeah. did chop down people, but never mind. <laughs> Where did you get that from? <laughs> um, and then 3-0 um, a couple of weeks later with the Kevin Phillips hat-trick. So, yeah, three defeats at Vicarage Road for Bristol City. Yeah, I don't think... When I played for Sunderland, I actually scored there and we used to win, but never mind. Yeah, we'll we'll brush over that. So uh, we do we do our talk talk club check in. So uh, how are you out of ten, Matt? And it was a good day yesterday, bar the the two nil and the fact we didn't come away with any points. It was a nice couple of drinks beforehand in the weather spoons, and then um, a walk to the ground and a quick journey home. Yeah, I, I said to you on the way up, I spent a bit of time working in Watford many many years ago, um, and spent a bit of time in the centre of Watford. So it was quite nice going back in. Yeah, meeting Alan and Danny and, and Jack and Frankie, wasn't it? And so it was quite good from, from that point of view, a couple of beers. Yeah. Um, and it's it's developed a lot. I mean, I remember being an away fan and you used to have to walk, walk around an allotment to get to the away end. It used to be in the opposite corner to where we were yesterday. Um, and, you know, I saw the, the infamous game where we had Ray Atterveld, Wayne Allison, Mark Hazelwood all sent off in the one All game. the A's. Um, all the A's, yeah. Um so yeah, it was um, it was a decent trip, wasn't it? And like we were saying off air with Gary, you know, quite quick to get back as well. We were home by sort of seven o'clock, so that was quite nice to to get back early. Yeah, score out of ten for you. I'm probably a seven this morning. Okay, nice. Um, I'm I'm an eight, eight out of ten. Um, I've been up for for several hours, as you know, and had a nice bit of breakfast. Settled in for the for the Sunday. Got a roast coming up and. 
Yeah, it's looking looking good, bar the result. So I'm going to go 8 out of 10. How about yourself, Gary? Have you been up hours as well? <laughs> oh, no, no. You got me out of bed. So I'm, I'm 7 uh, because lovely drive. I drove myself yesterday. Stopped for a Greg's at Redden Services. And uh, um, the mascot, Harry the Hornet, is the best mascot I've ever seen in my life. So it's worth just going to watch him dance. He's got, he's got the moves, hasn't he? I'm pretty he's sure. got moves, he's got edge, yeah. He has got the he has got everything. Yeah, I'm pretty really? sure. Didn't he have a dance off with Scotty Murray a couple dance years off. back? My god, he was uh he was astonishing. Yeah. I loved it. I'm loved sh- it. I'm sure and, Scotty and um, him had a dance off a couple of years back. <laughs> to be fair, City played well. The, the yeah. goals were rubbish, but City played well. Yeah. yeah. Okay, right. The starting lineup was no change, Matt. It was O'Leary, Tanner, Viner, Pring, De Silva, James and King, Cornick, Vyman, Bell with Wells up top. So the the four, two, three, one continues. Scott was back on the bench alongside Naismith, Mimetti, Conway, Omar, Leeson, Wiles Richards. Um still no Kane Wilson to be seen though, Matt. I don't understand the Kane Wilson thing. I I would be very, very surprised if he, he's not off in the summer. Um for whatever reason, if it's fitness, I don't I don't know how he's not fit, having been, you know, back training for the last couple of months. Um, if it's performance, obviously Nigel doesn't fancy him, does he? So well, it's a it's a strange one for me. It's not it's not strange. Who signed him? Well, you assume Nigel Pearson. So someone's made a mistake. If if he didn't fancy yeah. him, someone's made a mistake. And and yeah, that's all I would that's all I would say. Okay. And George has just, come from nowhere, really, and was excellent yesterday. Yeah, he, he has. But would would you not expect Kane Wilson to be on the bench, Gary, over perhaps Leeson? I just think yeah, that yeah, but for a marquee, the marquee player from from League Two, because he was the League Two player of the season, wasn't he? He's up the road. Someone's watched him. Someone's yeah. decided that they're going to sign him. So that tells you someone as as if you're saying he doesn't. Yeah, someone's made a mistake. Yeah. So you, you've got it again. We'll, we'll probably go around in circles. It'll come down to recruitment and people making decisions in the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's we'll see what happens in the the close season if he gets a full preseason. I mean, he was he was quite good in preseason. He was stand out in preseason. No, no, he had a full preseason. Someone signed him at the start of the season. Yeah, yeah. So they said, "This is our right back," and he 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 didn't start the season. He yeah. come on a sub a couple of times. And he got injured. He did. He did get a knock in pre-season, though, didn't he? Yeah, he's had a couple um, of injuries. But we, I mean, we, yeah, we well, Naismith's just been out for twelve weeks and come back straight. No, I team. agree. And that's what I'm saying. I, I, I think clearly well, Pearson something... doesn't fancy him, does he? There's, there's more to it than he's yeah. coming out saying that he's not fit yet. Um, mm. and that that sort of rhetoric, I just don't, I don't get. If he came out and said, I just, you know, I, I prefer other options. And fair enough, but maybe that that hangs him out to dry a bit. Right so. back was a problem spot for me, and I think George yeah. Tanner's probably solved it. George Tanner, yeah, yeah he's been excellent. His crossing ability is excellent. as well, and putting crosses in, yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Any surprise for you, Gary, that uh, Scott didn't come straight back in? No, no, not at all. Because um, without them, they've actually they've actually played very well. So all this um, Alex Scott. What have I read? The, the greatest ever player that played for Bristol City. I don't think he is. Um, I think he's a brilliant player, brilliant young player who will um, get make Bristol City millions and millions of pounds. But mm. actually, the last couple of games, Stoke and Middlesbrough, they performed really well without them. So um, everyone's replaceable, I think, at, at this level. And um, 
no surprises. No, they played well against Middlesbrough. It's that excellent performance. Yeah, against it's, that, it's that competition. Against it's that competition now, isn't it? That you know, Alex Scott is on the bench. Tommy Conway is on the bench. Mimetti, Naismith, on the bench, and a number of players still injured, out injured. They've all been injured. Like, like why? Yeah, but you don't have to. What? So what I'm saying. Now, what I'm saying with that is the performances on the pitch without these players, you know, in part due to the fact that they know they've got players coming back from injury on the bench, dying to get on the pitch. I, I like the culture. I like Nigel Pearson. He's a bit old school in the regard that, and I've heard him say in interviews, if you keep performing well, you'll keep your place. Keep shirt, yeah. And that, that is healthy. That is healthy. Yeah. yeah. Just going to say, it's an interesting one on Scott. We've we've talked about him and, and he, he's shown glimpses of being the and it sounds stupid but like a showreel of the best that you might have seen at the city, but it, it is another thing to say he doesn't score enough and he doesn't Correct. assist enough. Correct. So from from that point of view, I think you know again you look at his talent, his age, he will go in the summer. I'd be amazed if he doesn't. And I think. I can absolutely understand why the likes of Liverpool would be looking at him because I think he is a really, really promising English talent, but he would have to do more than he's doing for us in terms of, like yesterday, he, he had that move where he absolutely glided across the pitch, won the ball, played a lovely ball to Tommy Conway, but it didn't lead to, to a goal and it didn't, you know, and it's that yeah. that's the bit that he needs to then get in his game that would have then, you'd be talking about him being the best that we've ever seen. You know, we, what's, what's he scored? 10 goals maybe? Well, he scored one, one, one in the cup and one in the league this season. Yeah, so overall, went to last Rotherham, season, he had yeah. created a goal. Yeah, uh, listen, he's fantastic on the ball. I don't think he'll go to. He won't go to Man City. He won't go to Man United. He won't go to Chelsea, and he won't go to Tottenham. Liverpool, and he won't go to Liverpool. He he will not. Yeah. Six so, goals, six Bristol City goals, eighty-six. See where he goes yeah. after that. See where he yeah. goes after that. How many games? 86 appearances in total for a City, six goals. One, one in, yeah, yeah. The lad is class. There's yeah, he is. About it. He's yeah. tough, he's resilient. Um, last season, when he played right wing back, I, I, I could not believe what I was seeing. Yeah. <laughs> I've never seen him play in there. And um, he is a top, top player. No yeah. doubt. Where's his, where's his best position for you, Gary? In behind the front two or in the midfield? Box to box. Uh, well, for somewhere in a four-three-three in the in the three in the middle. Okay. For coming from deeper and getting on the ball, um, you know, he gets on the half turn. He passes forward. He likes a bit of space to run into. He, he likes to run it, run at players. He's better with a ball facing the opponent's goal than getting the ball with his back to goal. I think so. Mm. He's, he's an attacking. He's an attacking midfielder. Yeah, he's cut out that um, that thing he was doing last year, though, where he was getting touched and would go down wouldn't he, very easily. He's not been like. He's not. Yeah, I don't think he's been like that at all this season. I think he's. Um, he gets injured. He goes down every game. Even yeah, yeah, yeah. But but like down. yeah. If you take yesterday's, he was he was a, it was a nasty tackle again. Whereas yeah. last year he was feeling a touch in his back and he would throw himself to the ground. Very sort of early Grealish esque days. I don't think he's doing that at all this season. I think he's really developed from a maturity point of view. He's, he realises what he needs I, to do. I, do you know why I like him? I, I'll tell you the, the reason why I like him. He's tough. Yeah. Whatever anyone thinks about when he's got the ball, he is a tough lad. Yeah. 
Yeah. Try to get the ball off yeah. him. Uh, Gary, I have to ask you this question now because you said he's not the greatest Bristol City player you've ever seen. Who who would be? Who would come into that well, equation for you? What what I've ever seen? You, you should yeah. tell me. No, no, you no. I, I can tell. I can tell you. You tell. You tell. Well, you, tell you tell me. So the greatest player I've ever seen in the Bristol City shirt for me is still Jackie Jakonowski, but only that was, that was less yeah, than fifty. So, that was less than fifty appearances, yeah, um, but for longevity. Jackie, Jackie, yeah, Jack is my all-time favourite. Probably the best I've ever seen was Jerry Gow. Jerry Gow is an unbelievable yeah. player, um, and I would also put Bob Taylor in there. Bob Taylor was unbelievable that season for us. Um, but in terms of a fan's favourite and do, and this is why Scott gets talked about in the same vein as, as Jackie Jackanowski. Yeah, Scott married because for they a do stuff that get 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 you off your seat, don't they? Yeah, and Scotty Murray, Lewis Carey, obviously. Well, comes I, into I played it. with both of them lads when they made the debuts. I played with yeah. Lewis Carey. I seen him play for the youth team, and then I went to watch him play six hundred odd games. And yeah. he, how can Alex Scott be better than Lewis Carey or Scott yeah. Murray or Jerry Gow? Yeah. Uh, Sean, oh, Sean, Sean Taylor. Sean Taylor. Sean Taylor, <laughs> who I played with. Sean Gorter, yeah. who like come from Rotherham and stayed at Bristol City briefly and then went on to do it for Manchester City yeah. on all levels. Like I, that's that's when I think, um, hang on a minute, that's it, it, it's a great it's great for him. And I don't deny that he is fantastic, he is a fantastic young player. But the great even like Brian Tinian. Brian, yeah, absolutely. You know, come on, like. No, I completely uh, agree. Yeah, and it's the potential, like, isn't it? I think as well. It's the five hundred years. It's the potential. Not, it's what you see, the ability that he has, and you know that he is going to go on to 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 bigger and better things. Um, but he also has to look at the situation with Antoine, and I'm not blaming Antoine at all because he's gone and made whatever he's made money wise. But he's not playing at all, and that must be deeply frustrating for a lad that was really? you know, playing a lot. I don't, well, I'd, I I'd like to I'll, think. I'd like to think so, guys. Thirty grand, forty grand. I'll yeah. sit on any bench you want. <laughs> but I'd like to think it, it, at an age like court, that. Thirty grand, I'd go and sit on the bench for a couple of days. Not at, at an age like that, I'd what like to feel he'd want to play football. But yeah. No, you're right. right. We better yeah. get on to the game yesterday um, because time's getting on. Right. So I think we've done everything, Matt, haven't we? We've ticked every box. I think, um, oh, Lee's I guess the only words. one was, was, sorry, yeah, the only other thing was about the, the midfield. King had played well against Middlesbrough. It was whether he could play, you know, another game so, so, so closely, but he's he's obviously feeling Nasith back in. So I think it, it kind of picked itself again, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah, Lee's three words were wasteful, wondering why. Is that maybe why we didn't get anything from the game? <laughs> or, or, or maybe he's wondering why we were so wasteful. <laughs> yeah, true. Right into the into the minutes then. After a good five minutes, a mix up in defence sees Cam Pring's clearance go off, go in off Harry Cornick. Matt, it was hor a horrendous goal to concede. The ball sort of comes across. Cam Pring clears the ball across goal, which obviously, and I know he had a man behind him, but uh, yeah, Cornick literally just in the wrong place at the wrong time. Yeah, I mean, I I think I said to you at the time, we'd lost the ball upfield. And in my mind, it was De Silva. I might be wrong. But we lost the ball upfield. They broke. I think it was Pring that blocked off the runner. Um, and again, I said to you, I thought he could have been booked for it. And then they played a a kind of a little chipped pass down, down the line, didn't they? Where we were just a little bit slow to, to kind of spot it. We didn't have anybody blocking the ball from the free kick. 
Um, so it was an easy ball in. It was a decent cross across. I think Pringy has to obviously has to clear it. And I don't think he's got an awful lot of option because of his body shape. I think he can only hit him one way. And it's just unfortunately Cornick stood right in front of him, hits him and goes in. Um, but I think it stemmed from losing the ball up the field, conceding the free kick and not, not picking up the, the run and the free kick. My thoughts on the first goal are very, very clear. So talk about you've got coaches, uh, data analysts and a manager. I've never, ever seen a free kick taken from 35 yards out that hasn't had a wall put up against it. Yeah. Right? No wall. Not one person. Yeah, not even if it's just one player. Not one player. So that player on the ball can do anything he wants. If he scuffs it and it goes along the floor, you've still got to defend against it. If you've got a one-man wall, he'll intercept it. If you've got a one-man wall, it'll change the trajectory, the flight, and it's a first line of defence. And they didn't put up the first line of defence, and that was an elementary mistake. So whoever does the set players against, the manager should say, or to the uh, person responsible, why don't we have a wall? or somebody should be responsible for being the one-man wall. Yeah. It was a joke. Honestly, I was so annoyed. And it's it's a little, it's detail. So talk about detail. Coaches now, and um, anyone can go on the internet, and anyone can be a coach, because you go on the internet, and you can see a, a coaching session, and you can put that, you can copy it. But what you can't do is, when it breaks down, put the detail in. Yeah. So... Coaching and managing now at the top level is about detail. And they didn't get the detail right, and that's why they conceded. Never mind Campering, never mind Harry Cornick. Get your one man in the wall to start with. That might not that might not even happen. Yeah. Why is Max O'Leary not screaming that? Get no, me away. No, no, I'm not bothered. Somebody, right? You should have. That is like go back to that is. I was angry. That's why I was angry because yeah. um, that shouldn't happen. You put any, watch any any free kick anywhere, yesterday, today, tomorrow, the next day, you will not see a free kick taken from that position where no one is in the wall. And that's the thing. It's where it was on the pitch as well. It was, yeah. you know, a really good. But do, do you think, Gareth, that that's a case of someone not doing their job on the pitch because the other bit is why why would Pearson, Ewell, Fleming not everybody. have been calling out? It seems everybody. crazy. Yeah. So who's who's supposed to be there? Why haven't they spotted it? Yeah. You know, it's everyone. And, and not, you get punished. Do, do they not do they normally have Gar- sort of, you know, right, Gary Harris, you're picking him up. So you yeah. know who your man is at a set piece well, and things like that. Well like got basic principles so if you're marking from corners, you probably have five markers. Well, City don't because they do zonal marking. That's another argument. But I'd go, right, uh, one on the near post, one on the near sp- space, goalkeeper, five markers, uh, one or two on the edge, one up front, wide free kicks, one on the ball, one in the wall. Yeah. Two on the ball, two in the wall, in case they take it short. Yeah. That is like basic, bog standard. Rules of defending. Yeah. Right. Into the 12th minute, Jada Silva cross and a Harry Cornick header at the near post, which was on target and well saved, Gary. So Cornick starting to come into 
into the game more, starting to get more opportunities. Um, obviously, we, we've picked him out as playing really well. Goal. Scoring a goal, <laughs> yeah. Um, but... Scoring a goal, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that header, that header was uh, was 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 a good one. Good cross, uh, and he was on the move. So he, he comes in off the right side, all the way at the far post. Then he continues his run to get across the near post, and it was a good header, and it was a very good save. And the goalkeeper, which I'm sure will come on to, uh, made an even better yeah. save in the second half. Matt's yeah. uh, Matt's very good friends with that goalkeeper, Matt, aren't you? Oh, I just can't, can't stand him. Like I hate that. Thing where they collect the ball and just dive on the ground when there's absolutely no, it's a simple catch. Yeah, but just time everyone, waste. They all do it, I know, but I still got to get rid of it. I got to get. Yeah, they have. Yeah. I was listening listening to to, to Jeff um, and Keith on the radio last night on the way home about the Ravers, and they were saying there about the time wasting from the, the goalies. The Rovers listening to only, we were listening to Radio <laughs> Bristol, listening, waiting for your comments actually on the way back. Yeah, but he's on his way home. Same thing. Yeah. And and I'm sure I, I said to you, Patch. I'm sure I've read that they are doing something with the timekeeping for next season. Well, it's that um, World Cup and thing, isn't it? To make it more aligned to the World Cup. Yeah, yeah. Okay, seventeenth minute. Nice ball forward from Pring to Bell, and a good cross into Wells, whose header is on target, but the keeper a good has cross. it covered. <laughs> that was that was the cross of the season. That was the best cross I've ever seen a right-footed player put in. Running towards a byline. Yeah. Going out to play, shouldn't have got there, wrapped his foot round it yeah. and whipped it this far post. Just a little bit too deep for Naki to get right above it. The greatest cross, he would have had it on the on the noggin straight. Yeah, if Naki <laughs> Wells was a couple of inches taller. Toast. He had him on toast, didn't he? And I know it was the young lad making his debut, but I thought Sam Bell was yeah, was brilliant yesterday. Yeah. Um, I think he borrowed we... his dad's left foot yesterday. Yeah, he did. Because um, we, we talked about we talked about it a couple of weeks, Gad, it by Tommy Conway. Sam Belt, they put crosses in that they would want to send forwards. It's kind of the best because it yeah. is a, a goal scorer predator who wants to score the most goals. But when he come on as well, you are spot on. He it's like Alan Shearer. Oh, yeah. remember when he got yeah. made, he used to put them crosses in. Yeah. yeah, that's a cross I want. Yeah, they need to be doing the coaching. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, 26th minute, a booking for Tanner. Uh, weaker than the first incident when he might have got booked. But again, it was uh, just a, a blocking of the run and no surprises there that Tanner picks up a booking. But as you said about Tanner earlier on, Gary, he has come into his own in more ways than one. And this was this was one example of that. I think yesterday was probably his best game he's had so far for City. Um, he should have got booked for the first tackle. Mm. Like clever, clever tackle or professional foul, two professional fouls. So deserve to get booked. But um, going back to Kane Wilson and Mark Sykes, and I think I'm looking at positions where you can strengthen. That was a problem position for me, and I think he sorted it out, George Tanner. Yeah, I think right back was a problem position. But he is solid. He is solid. Yeah. 38th minute, Matt. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, 38th minute. It's a short corner from James to Jada Silva and across to the back post. Campering's header has too much on it and goes well over. And I don't, not quite sure, Matt, whether he was sort of trying to head that back across goal, but I think he should be going for goal there. 
Yeah, I don't know if he. I don't know if he was, but trying to go for the far corner, um, he had probably more time than he realised. Um, I'm not sure. He, you know, he had the time to to kind of bring it down, but uh, he could have been a little bit more composed with his header. And he knows himself. You know, he was frustrated by it. But another great ball from Jada Silva, something I've been critical of this season a lot. Um, but it was a, it was a perfect cross, and yeah, Cam will be really disappointed not to hit the target. Yeah, yeah. Was he caught in two minds there for you, Gary, about whether to get yeah. it across or go for goal? Yeah, he had uh, far post corner of the six yard box, unmarked, and so you go for goal or you head it back in the six yard box across the goalkeeper, and he didn't do any of those things. This is a message from the Bristol City Former Players Association. Throughout last season, we brought a number of ex-players back to Ashton Gate. We were pivotal in delivering celebratory events, including the Ashton Gate 8 40th anniversary, and we also celebrated the stars of the 60s who were paraded on the pitch. This season, we will be commemorating some important moments in the club's history and some very important people who were part of our club. If you would like to assist with sponsorship of any of these events, please get in touch with me via email to events at bcfcformerplayers.co.uk. In addition, we are always on the lookout for any interesting artefacts from the club's history to add to our ever-growing Bristol City archive. Thanks for listening, and my email address again is events at bcfcformerplayers.co.uk. Thank you. Halftime summary from Rob. We've actually played well in the main and been the better side generally. However, as often is the way, a handful of careless moments is what's cost us. Their goal followed by a catalogue of errors, a sloppily executed corner routine from us leading to a quick breakaway by them, which could only be stopped by an illegal intervention by Tanner to halt the break. Little impact did it have ultimately as from the resultant free kick, we were slow to compete or close down the attacker in the box who then flashed an effort across, across the box. Pring tried to a last-ditch clearance, but straight into Cornick and into the goal. We've bounced back well, but again, both Wells and Pring should have done better with unchallenged headers in the box. We should be level. A stronger bench than of late, so I'm hoping to see changes from the 60th minute to keep things fresh. Scott for Vyman would probably be the first change for me, but chances for Naismith, Conway and Mametti to make positive impacts too. Happy with that, Matt? Yeah, I'm not sure about the intervention, but... Um... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's like we said, we, we were the better team. We, we played some decent football. It's an enjoyable watch at the moment. It was, you know, it was in, insightful football. So, yeah, I, I wouldn't disagree with anything you said there. Yeah, and, and, and you say enjoyable watch as well, and it, and it absolutely has been. And that is why we had that number of, of, of fans travelling to Watford for a mid-table yeah. clash towards the end of the season. Yeah, with for us, nothing to play for. Although, again, when we were talking about, I think we said Watford are three points off the playoffs. Yeah, they're not far. Which had yeah. had we won, we would have been above them. Or by two clear goals, we'd have been above them. So you kind of look at it and think, actually, I mean, you know, I don't, I don't think there's any chance they will make the playoffs. But um, we we were the better side against opposition that has got the likes of Sar, Pedro, you know, decent players in there that have come from the Premier League. So yeah. 
Okay, 49th minute. Vyman tries desperately to find a chance to shoot. Can't quite get the ball out from his feet or find a, an opportunity, but eventually falls to Wells, who scoops one. Forces a save from the goalkeeper. It's back in from Bell for another Wells opportunity. It's a header that hits the post, but apparently that one was offside, Gary. That's got to be the save from the goalkeeper. Yeah. From the header, which was save of the season, because that was a goal. Yeah, the ball come in and he headed it back across the goalkeeper and that is going in the side netting and yeah. then um, the goalkeeper dived to his right and made yeah. a brilliant, brilliant save and then in, in the second phase they hit the post but it was offside. I think that was, that was a, like, yeah, that was that was a moment where that, that was a top-class save. It would have been interesting to see if the, the shot that hit the post had gone in and the flag went up where the ref would have spoke to the linesman because I think they give the offside because he thinks Cornet gets a touch because okay. Wells is clearly not offside with the the, the yeah. effort. And I think he thinks Cornet gets a touch because he does go to try and head it, but doesn't. So, I, th- I mean, again, makes no difference because it, it wasn't and, and what have you. But yeah, he, he clearly wasn't offside. Um, but I agree with Gary. It was a, a brilliant save from Backman. Um, mm. and, and it's, you know, we'll, we'll talk about the 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 next goal with Watford. But for, for me, that's the difference at the moment. We're coming up against opposition goalies that are making saves, you know, massive saves. And then Max isn't necessarily doing the same from our point of view. Um, that was a, a, a three-point winning save from, from Backman yesterday. That was a goal. That was a goal. Yeah. Goal yeah. 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 Okay, 53rd minute and it's 2-0 to Watford. It's another goal sort of relatively from nowhere. Um, it's a Pedro shot coming in from the left-hand side, shoots right-footed. Cornick and King both try to get in the way of it, but it's sort of, we. I can't see from the replay, Gary, whether or not it does take a touch from Zach Viner or not, but it's certainly the view of it was impeded from Max O'Leary and it goes through his legs off his heel and into the back of the net. Well, you said Cornick and King. In in my uh, memory, Pedro cuts in onto his right foot, and as he shoots, Zach Viner throws himself across the eye line of Max O'Leary to try and block the shot, which is fine. That, that's what he's there for. And he totally obscures the view. Mm. And once it goes past Zach, I don't think Max sees it till the very last minute. So I'm, I'm sort of sticking up for him a little bit but it's it's pretty like bog standard shot it's it's hit powerfully but straight at him yeah. and he and he should get something on it to keep it out the net but it it, it went through him yeah. yeah i think the fact is so central central as well it's the middle of the goal yeah Zach, zach's not right on top of him yeah he's in his eye line but he's sort of you know out sick guard box um i i think max should do better than that i've got to be honest Okay, 55th minute, it's the introduction of Alex Scott for Cornick, Matt. Is that the change you would have made? No, I would have taken Vyman off. Um, I didn't think Andy Vyman was having much influence from, from that point of view. I thought Cornick, um, physically, you know, I, 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 I like what I'm seeing of late. Um, and I would have I would have sort of kept it with that and just um, maybe he went with Vyman staying out there because of his speed. But yeah, I didn't think Andy Vyman was having much of an influence on it, I've got to be honest. Gary, you've in fact, got if I was to... going to take, take that right side, I would have taken off Cornick and put Tommy Conway on there early as well. Mm. 
Gary, you've got um, the, those people on the bench to to make changes after yeah, going two yeah. 0 down. When Mamati come on, he played as a number ten initially. Yeah, and Tommy was playing wider, and he, Tommy done well. Don't get us wrong. I would have taken Cornick off. I don't, I don't think. Um, it, it, I think he had a good game to be honest, but that's so what that that can happen. It's not like not not personal, but. Um, some subs, it, it depends. Um, you know, you want them to make an impact when they come on. Tommy, I thought Tommy done well when he come on. Yep. Well, like Scott comes on, 55th minute, as I say, for Cornick. And he's, he's in the game straight away, Matt. And I know he's been out for a, for a number of games now, but you don't kind of appreciate what impact he has until he's been out for a few games. And he wins a free kick in the 60th minute. Um, and looks, as I say, well up for it. And it's a Naki Wells free kick that could have been a class finish, a class goal, a class free kick, one we haven't seen for for an, uh, quite a while now. I think it was in during the pandemic we last scored from a from a free kick. But uh, yeah, Wells free kick, Matt. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Naki, he seems to be our, our sort of free kick take from where it's in the, in the ability for a, a shot. Which, you know, Alex Scott going up through the academy from from the point of view that he was with us, he would take a lot of those sort of free kicks. And Naki, um, I don't think necessarily does enough with them when he gets the opportunities, quite often see him at the wall. But that one yesterday was almost perfect. Um, actually watching it back, I think Batman would have got it if it was below the bar anyway. Because um, he's he sort of gone like, well, Batman... <laughs> Um, but yeah, he'd gone. He'd gone the he right. Did like Batman, he did. He did yeah, Superman. Yeah, <laughs> but he'd gone. He'd gone the right way for it. But it was yeah, it was a good free kick. Like you say, you know, we've we've talked about Alex Scott at the, at the top. He does get you off your seat, and you do feel excited when he's the ball because you know he's got that that ability to go past players. Um, but yeah, great effort, but not not to be something yeah. really, didn't it? Yeah, another change in the 62nd minute. It's Andy King coming off and Naismith coming on. So at this point, Matt, Naismith coming on into the midfield. Yeah, um, obviously like for like. Um, and and where we've talked about wanting to see Naismith play from, from that point of view. Mm. Um, but I think I think Andy King, as I've said it before, and, and, and I again, I've changed my opinion over the season with Andy King. He does things really simply. Um, you know, he gets into good positions. Um, Nigel Pearson indicated that, that they're looking to to give him another sort of player coach contract because I'm pretty sure it's up at the end of the season. Um, probably one from a squad point of view. Um, I, I I don't know what that means in terms of money. I'm not, not sure that that's the pro- yeah. I'm not sure it's the progression that you want a player that's only going to play. I mean, what's he played this season? I can tell you very quickly uh, 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 if I can find him. Uh, he has played 14 games, which probably for the money that he's on, I don't know that it, it warrants that. Well, I think they've need they've not. needed him, haven't they, with the number of injuries? Absolutely, because of injuries. Had. Yeah, he's yeah, played yeah. centre back. But, he's played centre midfield. Um, agreed, but I'm not sure it's the you know if, if we want to to be where we want to be next year, challenging for the playoffs and above. I'm not sure Andy King is a player is is what you're looking at. And Andy's uh, Gary's played that position so. Be interested on no. Gary's take on it. Brilliant professional, uh, local lad, had an unbelievable career, right? And 
They've got Jason Ewell and Curtis Fleming. They've got under 21 coaches and under 18 coaches. And Nigel's very, very loyal. If you want another coach, go out and find someone who's um, been coaching for years and years and years. Yeah, it's, it's not just, if you want an opinion and he wants to pay someone six-figure salary, then I'll, I'll have a bit of that. <laughs> go on for like five minutes. Honestly, it's yeah. like, come on, really? It's it's when you when you in a midfielder and you're right when it's the end it's the end yeah. and I I was playing games at the end of my career thinking why do I what why do I feel like I can't can't run yeah. anymore because you can't your legs your legs your your mind doesn't go yeah your mind sharp your brain sharp you know what you should be doing you just physically you can't do it. It's interesting because he, I mean, he, he did make it pretty clear, didn't he, that they they would be looking at him being a player coach for the same role next well, season. He's not a player coach, is he? He's not coach. Well, he's, I don't know. Yeah, he's I mean, a player. Player yeah. like he's on the pitch. He's, he's Nigel's yeah. man. I get yeah. that. I, I haven't got a problem with that. And like I said, Andy King, brilliant, brilliant player. Yeah. But like, just for the sake of like looking after him. Yeah. Player coach. I don't know. It's a little bit of an extra added security for me in terms of the whether we get another run of injuries again next season. You've got some a utility player who's in and around the squad that can come in and and still do a job. What for ten minutes, five minutes, one game? It, honestly, the like the figures we're talking about professionalism, hmm. which um, is worth its weight in gold, but. I just I, I do not see it. If you why how many coaches do you want? Yeah. Mm, okay. Right. Um. On to the seventy first minute. It's a, a a deep cross from Matty James to Cam Pring, and I can't remember if this is a shot or a header, Matt. But it, it, I just got no, it written down. To, it goes chest, well over. Chest, chested it, chested yes. it up, and then sort of had to do a, a scissor volley kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. It went went well over. Well over. Yeah. It's a good job we were watching the game. I know, mate. Yeah, yeah. It's me, fair. He's making. He's, he makes notes. Yesterday, Jesus. He makes, he makes notes. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm making notes at the same time. He's got one eye on my phone, one eye on the game. It's quite, uh, quite yeah. a challenge. Um, and you did have to go to the loo, loo three or four times. So, I yeah. did have, I did have a few on board, <laughs> and I did have to go to the toilet. Seventy <laughs> fifth minute, though, I did pick up that Conway came on for Bell and Mametti came on for Viner, Matt. Um, and after this double yeah. change, the the sort of the progression that we were making forward, the chances that we're creating, I've got no notes for the next 10 minutes. I, yeah, wasn't, I wasn't in the toilet for 10 minutes. No, yeah, it's it just the way we, we were we were playing, obviously the setup, Naismith dropping back into the to the back. Um, didn't realise until listening to Nigel Pearson after the game that, that Zach Vine has been feeling a sort of a groin or, or abdomen sort of problem. So that was why they then took him off. He he didn't look to be struggling during the game. And I just felt that the balance then shifted massively. Naismith and Pring very, very left-footed. Um, yeah. It just didn't seem to work. As Gary said, Mametti going in the 10, I didn't get. Sam Bell, yes, he'd ran all afternoon, but he didn't look like he'd, he'd ran his course. 
Um, so I just felt that it was a, a little bit of a needless change, that one for me. Tommy Conway, yeah, absolutely. But I would have looked to have gone more attacking. I would have gone three at the back um, and, and you know, gone gone a little bit more attacking, maybe two up top with Tommy and, and Naki or something. But I didn't... I didn't um, I didn't appreciate the Viner injury. So if it is something that they've got to manage and he got to that point, but if he's had it for a few weeks, he's played the last couple of games all the way through. I, I don't know it too near why we made that change. And Naismith, we want to see further forward. Um, you know, he's, he's he's some way off the Naismith that got injured at Preston at the moment in the, in terms of his, his, his influence on the game. It, subs, you, you've got to work out, you've got to get your ducks in a row. So if if Zach was injured, uh, they go to centre half. That's fair enough. But why would you put him on in midfield and then move him to centre half five minutes later? Yeah, I put Tommy Conway on the left wing and Mameti number ten, and then Tommy finished on the right wing. It's you're chasing the game. So yeah, like you've got to be fluid. But you've got to have structure as well. So if you're making subs and then the next time you make a sub, everything changes, you're not carrying out your plan, are you? Yeah. You're not carrying out, like, your, your strategy is is wrong. Yeah. And what you've just said there, Matt, about Cal playing in midfield, he was signed as a centre-half. I know he was. Yeah, I know he was. So what? what is, like, come on. Yep. Are we are we like finding players by chance, or are we like do we know what we're like actually centre half? But your best position's midfield. I just Mark's yeah, winger, played everywhere. Well, let's play right back. Yeah. So like, come on. You, no, you I I agree, and and you know you you were it, it, um I'm pretty sure you were Norwich away, weren't you? Yeah, didn't notch away. Um, Naismith was was brilliant. Yeah, he, he had a rick in him early season because he was trying to do things, but I didn't have a problem with that because of what he was trying to do. But then I think when he went into midfield, um, he seemed to have a bit of a, a more of a grown influence on it. So I understood that. But your your point, Gary, in terms of you bring him on in midfield, well then why put him it's back like, they, they, you know, for five minutes? By the this formation by fault. Yeah, they didn't, they didn't come up with it. Yeah, in injuries season. and then didn't yeah. work on it. There were five at the back, three central defenders. They changed the system when they got battered against Swansea. Yeah, and he found Nigel found something, and it's worked for him. You're chasing the game with you know he made the one change in terms of Scotty coming on. Well, Scott, so I thought if if anyone wants to know why Watford are twelfth, I'll tell, and I know Chris Wilder. If I see him, I'll tell him. They are rubbish when they haven't got the ball. They drop yeah. off, they drop deep, and they do not make any challenges on you. They do not engage the ball, right? They will let you pass it anywhere you want to pass it. And that's why City had loads and loads of possession. So as they got deeper, it, it's it's hard because they've got um, like numbers behind the ball. So you need individual. Mimetti should have come on and Scott dribblers. Yep. So the people that can get you past people in, in 1v1 situations. So I, I probably would have put Scott and Mimetti on and I would have put I would have kept Sam Bell on and I would have tried him on the right and I'll put Mimetti on the left. Yep. 
Yeah, Sandbell was certainly one of the the main outlets um, for large yeah, parts of the game. Yeah, and everything he delivered was left-footed. So I'm going to say, go on, get on your strong foot yeah. and see what you can do. Mm. And Cornick, in fairness, Cornick didn't offer a threat on the right. Yes, not, not during the game. So later in the game, when Cornick come off, I would have put Sandbell on the right and tried Mimetli on the left. And obviously you'd get Alex Scott on as well. Yeah, Matt, you've picked up on this months ago in terms of making that switch and and giving something, giving the, the defence something else to think about. Well, especially with how Sam Bell had been playing yesterday, as Gary said, on, on his, I mean, you can't really call it a weaker foot, but it's probably not his preferred side. Um, he was whipping the balls in for fun. Swap it around, put him on the, the right. Mehmet is a different type of player. You know, he's on the left. So, yeah, we and we don't seem to do that enough. We don't seem to kind of try and mix it up a little bit. And as you say, let the defenders think about something different. Mm. And that's coaching for me. That's, you know, <laughs> Christ, used to do that in the under-15s. Okay, 86th minute. Alex Scott creates something out of nothing, really. He picks the ball up um, on the edge of his 18-yard box, gets tackled, wins the ball, comes out with possession and plays a lovely ball, sets Tommy Conway off and his shot is is pushed out by the keeper and it's Vyman who tries to steer it back towards goal and the keeper collects but great to see Tommy Conway opening his legs up Gary and also great to see the run and the pass picked out by Alex Scott. Great pass, great run Tommy Conway done everything right, he went for the, the, the fat side of the goal across the goalkeeper the goalkeeper made another brilliant save, which I don't think was picked up. And actually, it was so good that it didn't come out as as you dive across the goal. And you normally tap that for the onrushing forward to tap in from two mm. yards. He deflected it wide, and, and yeah, Vyman couldn't do anything with um, the, the sort of rebound. But yeah, it was a good chance, and it was just a good save. Yeah, yeah. Really good save. With five minutes to go and five minutes injury time, Matt, that goal goes in. We've got a good 10 minutes, haven't we, to watch? Well, it's, it's, it's one of the, I mean, we've been on the wrong end of it ourselves, but it's one of those score lines, isn't it? If, if the, the team gets the, the goal 2-1, you get nervous um, and you, you get a little bit of impetus. I don't necessarily, Vyman was just trying to keep it alive. I mean, I've seen a few comments, why didn't he just let it go out for the corner? Um, he was just trying to keep it alive, so I don't, I don't mm. blame him for that at all. But like Gary said, it was another... Very, very good save because it was a game going into the side netting. It wasn't central of the goal that he's saving. He's got a really stretch and then gets a really strong hand to push it wide as opposed to pushing it out in front of him. So, yeah. Yeah. And that's the last note I've got. So it was a, a, a 2-0 defeat and we were we were back out on, on the road. Again, you're on What's the M25. Ten to five, you're on the M25. Honestly, uh, it was unbelievable. At the end, if you want, I've, uh, we were there. We were there. We I've, saw I've, the final whistle. I've never, I've never left before the final whistle, Gary. Um, no, sort of, a, sort of a rule, but yeah, I have that... once, I have once under Joe Jordan, we were getting beat five one, I think, away at Shrewsbury. <laughs> Yeah, uh, the only once I was tempted was uh, at home to Cardiff. We were six nil down, but even then, I stayed yeah. to the end. <laughs> yeah. um, oh, the bitter end! The bitter end. Yeah, I remember that was. Oh, I think it was Jamal Campbell Rice's debut, and I think he was the only one who came out of it with any credit from memory. 
but that's the only the memory I've got of it. Like, uh, right, like broken sat broken sat now for me. Jamal just kept going round and round in circles. I'm not <laughs> sure where he was going with it. But yeah, um, Matt, let's go to the ratings then. Let's see what we've got. Yeah. Um, so initially, I went I went five for Max because of that goal. But I think yeah, I've got to give him a little bit of Zaki's in his eye line. Um, it's just one of those at the moment. I'm not seeing Max making worldy saves that, that keep us the points. And that's a bit harsh, which is why I've, I'm not kept it as a five. I've gone six. But I still I stand save. by what I He made a save against Middlesbrough in the last five minutes. Yeah, but you'd expect him to make it, Gaff. It wasn't a, a worldy. Like, you talked about that Backman save. Anyway, that is no, top, fair top enough. draw. Fair enough. And, and that's that's the thing for me. He's making saves I'd expect, yeah, but not making the saves that you look at and go, wow, how's he got to that? Or... And and I do also I'll caveat it and say I, I I'll go back to it. I think it's the competition as well. He knows that he's number one, um, and I think it's definitely a position we need to look at next season to make sure there's there's proper competition there. There's um, no way they'll sign a number one goalkeeper ahead of Max next year. Do you not think so? There's no way. No. What what will that? They they will not spend any money to bring in a goalkeeper above yeah. Max. But even, I mean, not necessarily making a, a, a signing in terms of having to pay out a transfer fee, but there will be championship experience goalkeepers, maybe even sort of prem keepers that could come in um, and challenge. I just don't think Harvey's only got a year anyway. So I would, I mean, I guess we've got Bajic to Very come back. Um, yeah, we've got Bajic to come back. So that would be an interesting one to see. Um if, if he is challengeable. I just think Max needs someone in the way that he was able to challenge Dan Bentley and quite rightly got the shirt at the, the time that he did. I think they need they need something to challenge Max. I've not seen enough of Wiles Richards or, you know, I think I've seen him in some some games, but is is he anywhere near the level that Max was a year or two years ago, Gary, to be able to, ch to challenge Max O'Leary? Harvey is a fantastic goalkeeper. In his own right, but if you look at uh, Backman and look at any any Premier League goalkeeper and and top class Championship goalkeepers, yeah, even the lad that was on loan for um, Middlesbrough from Man City, yeah, you've got to be six foot. You've got to be six foot three, four or five now. Yeah. If you've got to be top top level. You have got to have the, the physique and then put all your goalkeeping skills on top of that. Yeah. Cool. yeah. And and Harvey's not Harvey's not probably I wouldn't say I might be wrong. I'm 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 talking from memory. I don't think he's six foot three or six foot two. Yeah, he doesn't strike you as being as tall as Max, does he? No. And and Max is uh twenty five or twenty six now, so mm. it has yeah. been a long yeah. If he's not number one yeah. for Bristol City now after this season, then Max needs to think about going somewhere else. Yeah, no, agreed. And that's why I think they won't bring they won't bring. And I'm not I'm not saying he's not my number one. He just needs competition. Zach Viner, um, I went six. I thought Zach had a decent game. Um, actually, to be fair to me, yeah, a couple of really really searching passes out to Sam Bell two that actually got there and Andrews didn't cut out but there was one that he played it was 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 brilliant um 
But yeah, I, I went six. George, agree with Gary. I thought it was a really strong performance. I went seven for George. Um, he's just just so consistent. Um, and now he's starting to get forward more as well. Some of the crosses he's put in over the last few weeks, not not so much yesterday, have been excellent. Um, Cam, I went six. Um, a, a little bit of an indifferent performance from Cam. Um, a couple of times he got caught. I don't I don't really apportion any blame to him for the goal, the first one. I thought he just had to try and clear it, and it's just unfortunate that Cornet was where he was, and it just deflects perfectly back in. So, yeah. And then similarly with Jay, it was a six. Jay wasn't as influential yesterday going forward as he had been for the last couple of games, but I still thought it was a decent performance from him. Um, it's an interesting one on that, Gary. We, you know, we've talked about Jay, and I think early season, or he wasn't playing as much once Cam got back in the team later on, but his consistency wasn't there. But he's been really consistent over the last sort of month, six weeks. He's another player out of contract who looked like he was going in January. Do you think they'll be looking to offer him reduced terms and he may stay, or do you think Jay will be gone in the summer? He's on a free, so he'll have an agent that will uh, seek opportunity to try and make a few quid for both of them, and, and that's just the way it works. Yeah. Uh, he's behind Camp Pring for me as a left-back. Will he want to stay and be cover as a left-back behind Camp? Probably not. Yeah. So I think even if they offered him a contract and it was less money, I think he'll move on. Yeah. When you offer a contract, Gary, a new, new contract, is, is there a signing on fee for a new contract in the way that there would be if you go to a new club? Uh, it, contracts are whatever you can agree. Right, So okay. like Premier League are here, like the players don't get contract uh, sign on fees but they get massive wages they get paid for image rights right uh, they get loyalty bonuses whatever you don't if you if you in the premier league you don't have to worry about that so i would think if yeah of course you can get signed on fees if 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 you're a, a player that is out of contract and the club want you and your agent comes in and says, well, if you want them, um, he'll stay, but you have to give him X amount of pounds because if you're going to replace him and you want him, he's going to cost you four or five million. Yeah. So it, it's just it's just a negotiating tool. But, of course, uh, sign-on fees come into it, yeah? Yeah. When I signed f from Sunderland and I come to Bristol City, my wages halved. Really? My, I got half the wage I was on at Sunderland at yeah. Bristol City. So they had to um, make that up yeah. somewhere. So I, I got a little sign-on fee. Yeah. I saw something from um, Mika Richards in the media this week saying that when he he was offered something ridiculous, like £100,000 a week to play Man City, um, but knew that he would be back up, and so went to Villa for half the money and then Villa got relegated to at half the game. So he was sort of saying, you know, he just wanted to play. Um, yeah, but, but when I, when I come have, from know. Sunderland, I was on 100 grand a week. When I come to City, I only... <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Um, Midfield-wise, um, Matty, Matty James and Andy King, yeah, not not the, the Gary Harris, yeah. 
Midfield wise, Matty James, Andy King, I gave two sixes. I thought both had okay performances yesterday. Decent, not. Um, again, the, the I suppose in, in is a, a, probably talking myself out of that, but in terms of the creativity yesterday, I don't think much of it came centrally. I do think it came from wide, from Sam Bell in particular. So yeah, I thought I thought both were were okay. Um, Sorry, Matt, yeah, what did no, you say? No James and King sixes. It, Two sixes, yeah. yeah. I thought Matty James done well actually. Yeah, like he kept going as well, and he and he does. He's he had a couple of shots as well, didn't he? Yesterday? Yeah, first half. I, I like him, mate. I, I think yeah. he's like he's a proper midfield player. Yeah, um, he knows what he's doing. Sounds stupid, but he actually he does. Well, happy, position. Happy to change it if you want to up it to. No, seven. no, I'm just. I, I thought he done well yesterday. No, general, yeah. general comment. I I like think. Yeah, I like him. Yeah. Um. Andy Vyman, I went six. Um, you know, I thought Andy did what he did. Um, you know, and, and again, it's a 2-0 defeat, but it was actually another really good performance. So it's not probably, the marks don't necessarily reflect the 2-0 defeat. They reflect the performance. Mm. Um, and that, this this is the, the, the one for me, and I'll be interested for both of you, but so Naki Wells and Sam Bell, I went two sevens. Could, could have been two eights. Um, I went Naki man in a match because I thought Naki actually had a number of really good opportunities. But again, talking about it this morning, it, it's 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 like wafer thin between him and Sam Bell. I thought Sam Bell was excellent as well. So I went Naki, but I'd be interested to know a on the scores two sevens and b. I don't I'm think you would both agree man in a match out of either of those. Yeah. I, from, so for me, very quickly, I don't think you can give a striker um, an eight without scoring or assisting. Um, so seven's the right score for me. And Ooh. for me, Sam Bell would be my man of the match out of the two. Personally, I just oh, thought... I like your context there. Oh, that's thanks. very, very thanks. good analysis. Thanks, thanks very much. Um, I would just say, if Sam Bell was so good, why was he not on the pitch at the end? Yeah. And I think he was. I, and, and I think he should have been on the pitch at the end. But, exactly. So yeah. why... Did he get taken off if he was Bristol City's best player? Yeah. He sat on the bench at the end. And Naki played well as well, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. So who's your man of the match? Naki um, Leary. No, no. <laughs> I actually, I, I would probably, because I thought he had a really, really, and, and people don't, it's hard to get, when like striker, someone scores, someone makes, I thought George Tanner was excellent yesterday. Mm. Right. And it's hard because yeah. I played there and I was always every every week I should have got man of the match when I played right back. <laughs> I, know, I, know, I, I saw get. I saw a few of them. I'm not sure it was I know, every week. Terrible, wasn't it? <laughs> it's hard. It's hard to get when you are right back, it's hard to get to be man of the match. Yeah. It or a left back or uh, like a Matty James type midfielder. Yeah, you're right. You have your best games, and nobody sees, nobody sees what you're doing. So, I, my, I think George Tanner was excellent yesterday. Right. Okay. Well, so Matt, we've got, we've got, it's my, score. So I'm giving it to Wells. Well, we've got, well, we've got, we've got three, three sevens, and they yeah. are each of our different man of the matches. So uh, there, there you go. go. Yeah. Um. Cornick, I went six. I, I I still think Cornick needs the preseason. Um, Why? But I, 
Why? Well, just because he's not, he wasn't, he wasn't no, no, playing, no, no, it. He, wasn't, he wasn't playing regularly for I'm not having guy, was that, he? right? I'm Matt, he's called, he's called that I'm rubbish. rubbish. <laughs> I am not having this. He's got to have a pre-season. Well. Right. So we've got players in our team that have been out for 12 weeks and yep. couple, they don't play any reserve games or under 21 games and they're fit. And he hasn't been... Carl, Carl Naismith don't look fit. Well, whatever. Yeah, I'm not having. If that, why do? If he's not fit, why do we pay money for him? Why do we sign him? I, I, I mean more around understanding what yeah. the, sh- the shape everything. Culture. But then I've not. You've, 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 you've played, guys, so you know whether exactly. you should be able to so pick not that up. It. So yeah, he needs a piece. He's been here since January. Yeah, and I'm not. I'm not criticizing him, but I'm just not having. He needs a preseason. Can you? Do, do you see him? Every every um, player needs. When they come back in July, everyone yeah. needs a preseason. Of course, they do. Yeah, yeah. He's had a preseason at Luton. And by Matt the way, saying I, I some need it more than others. In, um, I was with Luton in November in Dubai at a, at a training camp with three other Championship teams in a Premier League, and they trained harder than any team I've ever seen. Really? Was oh, that my was, was that under Rob Edwards then, Gareth? Back in November, Rob Edwards yeah. had come in, so yeah. I had. Uh, Luton, Sunderland, Stoke, and Bournemouth, right. and they trained. They are looking at them, thinking, "I can see why they do well because yeah. they are monsters physically, and they train harder than the other teams." Yeah, so I know why Luton are doing as well and as where they are. Yeah, yeah, and and that's again something that you'd like to think is being looked at within our side of things because. Yeah, no, no. It's a mentality. It's a culture. Yeah, it is. This is how we are going to get. Why? I look at the league and think about. I look at City. I I sat there yesterday. I looked around the stadium, and I thought City have got a better stadium. Yeah, better training ground, better fans. Why aren't we like? Why can't we finish above Luton and Millwall? Oh no, agreed. And and I think that's the it's the sixty four thousand dollar question, isn't it? You know, at the end of the day, we've we've got what we should have. I do I do think, and again, you're better place to say the culture seems to have been changing over the last six months. Certainly, you'd like to think that that would change again. But then, you know, we we, we talked about earlier, perhaps didn't we, in terms of signings? Tins has come out and talked about three, maybe four signings. Now, you'd assume that that's based on where we sit today, because if you lose Callas, De Silva, Scott, plus you know, maybe other oh, people like it, yeah, yeah you're, you're not even improving what you've currently got. You know, you're having to replace the players you've got. If also talking about League One, League Two players, as good as certainly, say, Rob Atkinson, Rob Atkinson still needed to sell from a consistency point of view. And it is a big, big step up from League One and certainly League Two to the Championship. So you're not then necessarily replacing quality with quality even. You might be replacing it with potential, but for us to challenge next season where the likes of Luton and Millwall are, you need to make sure that you're bringing in the best. Now, we thought we were doing that with Kane Wilson, League Two player of the year. Absolutely hasn't worked out. So the recruitment is so, so crucial in the summer for me. So, so crucial. Um, and I think difficult conversation you you have to 
take some loan. You have you have got yeah. to take some loan players. Yeah. Like uh who's a midfielder at Luton? Uh got the great name. The the two left sided players from Middlesbrough, Giles. Yeah, um, and the other lad, Ramsey. Best players on the pitch, loan yeah. players. Goalkeeper, loan Foss, Fossu Henry. Luton, you, no, do, you mean, on the right. do you mean Marvellous Nakamba? That's it, Marvellous. So Marvellous. Where's, where's he from? Where's Marvellous from? I think he's from Villa, wasn't he? Yeah, so he I was when we played against Luton, I was had me a little note and I was thinking, well, they've got a Marvellous in midfield <laughs> and we've got Marvellous <laughs> Alex Scott. We had a stink. <laughs> no, you're right now. Hey, we, we, we've... Uh, We've gone off. We've gone off the track. You are, you are right about the loans, though. We we do need to look at that seriously because a lot of those teams near the top have got. You know, I mean, look What's at Borough have got you know two, three in from Villa. Um, so yeah, they do need to look at it. Anyway, I went. I went Cornick six, um, and then I think the only other one was oh. Alex Scott. Um, Probably uh, when I when I did this last night, emotionally I went seven because again he got me out of my seat. But again, realistically, I mean, Patch, you talked about it. And he was almost your could have you know in the discussions for man of the match. Yeah, I think it. I'm think not it's a sure. seven seven no, for me. I'm not sure it was that. Yeah, but he, he had a few on board, Gary. We so we, what we do, Gary, we'll do a poll and we'll come up with four players. Um, so looking at this, we've got Tanner, Wells, Bell on sevens and for me Alex Scott is a seven so he goes in the pole but yeah not man of the match because he only played for a third of it he certainly had an influence when he came on and but although I think some of that was negated again when the subs were, later subs were made and we changed the formation yeah. um but yeah Nigel Pearson. and then for Nigel, Nigel excuse me I went um My man six. Of the match was the mascot yeah, you love that mascot, Harry the Hornet, don't you? Oh like... <laughs> Nigel went six. I thought it was um, it was a good performance. The only reason I didn't give it a seven uh, was because I did think that the subs and the, the way that we changed shape just took the impetus away. I don't, oh, don't think we got yeah. that right. And actually, even so, thinking about it more, the decision around the, the free kick as well, that has to be. The manager's got a spot that and got to be shouting blue murder from the sidelines. Chris Wilder certainly would have been doing that. So there we go. Good spot. Right. So average of average of six point two five for the game for a, for a two 0 defeat. Well. But it was it was a strange two 0 well. defeat. No doubt yeah. about it. They played well. The the performance um, level was high, and the result was wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um. Right. Well, Matt, you and I are off to Sheffield United Tuesday. Gary, are you? Oh yes. You'll be there. <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> What else would I be doing on a Tuesday night? <laughs> so, Alex Scott comes into the starting lineup for you, Gary, on Tuesday. Uh, yes, he will. <clears throat> I, I think um, he'll come in for Andy King. Not not because of any other reason than what we're sporting about mm -hmm. is that two games in uh, three or four days, high intensity. Sheffield United are really. Obviously, trying to get promoted. I think if they win, they can get promoted. Yeah, can't they? Yeah, yeah. So it's going to be a massive, massive, great atmosphere, and uh, I think he will be in the starting eleven when it's Nigel a... announces his team. Yeah, it's a difficult one, this Matt, because 
we did play very well. We lost 2-0, but we did play very well. You don't want to make too many changes, but you've got Naismith to think about. You've got Sykes to think about as well on Tuesday. Uh, I know, obviously, he's been out for four games, which, you know, match fitness-wise, you've got that call that into question. But what uh, what would you do for Tuesday? It'd be interesting with Sykes. Does he bring Sykes in for, for Cornick? Does he switch it and go? Zach's going to be fit. As well, yeah, is is that fit? Absolutely, and, and and with where we are, you don't you don't want Zach to end up need you know needing more treatment, and then we will go back to the preseason, but not being able to go into preseason fit. Needs a full preseason, then he um, he needs another one. Right. But you could you he need might bring preseason. Like, <laughs> you, you need a preseason. No, you know what I mean though. In terms of you don't want it, if if he's got an injury now, then don't don't play him now. Try and get him fit. You know, oh, from that point yeah. of view. Um, but Sykes potentially coming in for Cornick, um, Mameti and moving Sam Bell to the right, Mameti potentially coming in on the left. Um, again, it will be interesting to see with Zach. Does, does he start Zach or does Naismith come in? Callas apparently was around, you know, Nigel Pearson said a couple of weeks back that he could be available for the Watford game. So Callas might be someone that comes into the equation for the squad. Um, so it it would be interesting. And, and, and as Gary said, it would be a... It's always a pretty good atmosphere anyway at Sheffield United. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how, how that goes, knowing that they, as I say, need a win to get promoted. So He's someone I'd sign, Callas. I, I think he is, like, keep Callas. But it, and there'll be another situation where they that it, he would have to go on reduced terms, guaranteeing. So there will be, I mean, I, I think there will be Premier League clubs that would look at he Thomas will, Callas. you play in uh, Germany. France, yep. uh, Belgium, yeah, in the top level, there'll be takers. Yeah, so that that will be an interesting one. Is to, yeah, I, absolutely, I would love to, but I I think the fact that he he hasn't got a contract, and I think again, Nigel Pearson talked about almost that he was playing for a contract because of his injuries, which you know that's part and parcel of the game. The injuries in that he's not. I don't think he's a sick note or anything like that. Thomas Callas. No. No, he's no. a warrior of a player, so I think the fact that he hasn't signed contract, I, I would be amazed well, if Thomas Callas is in. If we're going to get twenty or twenty-five million pound for Alex Scott, yeah, and and everyone's saying go and spend it or invest it, you can invest that in wages. It doesn't have to be transfer fees. Yeah, keep Thomas. If but then they, they they talk about this wage structure now, don't they? That they they've kind of trying to not have those outliers from that point of view so um, that's all right you have a weird structure but do you really want to get in the premier league no i agree i agree and and, and i would absolutely be looking to keep thomas Callas. no two ways about it um yeah just just that worry about the number of games that he's played matt in the last two seasons is it yeah yeah um, it definitely comes into it and i don't know and, if going you know, back to going back to the negotiations and contracts and all of that sort of stuff can we put some sort of, you know, play this many games, you get X. Um, but who knows with uh, with well, that deal. I was 34 and I, I got X amount of pounds per week and X amount of pounds per appearance. Right. I right. never injured. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. It's, it's like a carrot, isn't it? It's like there's, it's, it's like, Oh, I'll have a bit of that. No, you're right. Yeah, you're right. It'd be, it'd be interesting to see. It's a, again, it's a, it's a big, big summer, big preseason. Yeah. 
Right, a couple of tweets to read out. Uh, Dr. Dean Allen, Bristol City will play far worse than they did against Watford and win. Again, they dominated, but two soft goals are again the undoing. How many times have we said that? A commanding centre-back and, dare I say, a new goalkeeper are priorities for Bristol City in in the summer. A couple more tweets. Uh, Really not sure how... Max is getting a bit, bit, but since he came into the team, the results have improved. Yeah. 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 Is that right? Like, since he came in probably after... um, Christmas, mm. you, you you'll have all the stats there, I'm sure, and the results have been better. Yeah, can't argue with yeah. that. Why is cropping up? I wonder. Tweet from Joanna Bags. Really not sure how we're losing this game. City playing really well. Bell is causing the fullback all sorts of trouble. Some lovely touches from Andy King. Just missing a goal. Same again, second half with our bench today. Confident we can get something. That was obviously at half time. Um, Shahan, dis- disappointing result despite an overall good performance. Great to be sat near Patch Warner and Matt Withers and share my match experience with them. Looking forward to hearing the bonus show to see if it will be just as as, as animated as they both were today. <laughs> that's probably uh, that's probably referencing me shouting and screaming at Backman. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Um, Gary, we're almost at the end of the podcast, but um, obviously we had the news about Jeff Twentyman in the week, and you came to Bristol the year after he started um, doing what he does on on BBC Radio Bristol. Um, it's going to be a big loss for for Radio Bristol, isn't it? Yeah, actually, um, yeah. I, I I got the news out of the blue, and actually, I'm quite emotional about it because. Mm. I did come to Bristol. I actually lived like virtually next door to, to Jeff when I moved to Bristol out in the eight and um he was out for a pint at the local and uh he, he's top, top draw as I sit alongside him and I know you have Matt Patch yep. both of his he is uh ultra professional. Yeah his knowledge and it's all right. We we all think we've got a little bit of knowledge. He's knowledge around football, rugby, cricket, golf is unbelievable. Yeah. And um, I think when the time comes to like say goodbye, I I, I think I'll I'll be I will be quite upset actually. Yeah. He's been good for me, and he's helped us, and he's he he was probably the person that got us involved in the first place. And I'll be ever thankful for that. And it's just we go out after the when yeah, we've yeah. done the shows and we have a pint. Yeah. And he loves talking about football. Yeah. And uh, he's just a top top bloke. I've got to be honest. Whatever. Yeah. Obviously, he's made a few mistakes in his life. He played for Bristol Rovers, <laughs> but we, we forgive him for that. He yeah. got over it. But yeah, he, no, he's just he is a top. He's an ultimate, top, ultimate top professional, man. isn't he? Ultimate yeah, professional, he, is. he really is. And, Matt, and he's you... not, and that even like that always comes through to me. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's why he's so good because he, he he's he's good at what he does. Yeah, I listened to the the scrum the other night because of um, 
the the announcement. Um, and and as you said, Gary, listening to him talk about rugby, he talks about it so knowledgeably as well. And yeah. you know, was was talking positional and and you know tactics and stuff. And you sort of think, you know, this this is a guy that obviously does his research and knows it. But but more than anything, again, he's he's just a really nice bloke. Mm-hmm. You know, you you can talk. Football, you have. I mean, we, you know, we we go out after a time of the city for a, for a, a drink or two, and it's it's just great fun because you're chatting about, you know, especially with Gary's been there, you're chatting about their days as pros and and some of the stories they've got. Um, and my my thing with saying to the city is an hour is never enough. Like it always feels like you've sat your ass in the chair and it's finished because you just yeah. it just goes by because you, you're enjoying the chat, aren't you? So mm. it's going to be a big miss, and and I I don't know what Radio Bristol's plans are. Or the BBC's plans, but Sound of the Cities is going to be a hard act to follow if that does continue. Um, yeah, they might have to look for another ex pro yeah. living in this region. Show must could... go on. Bring it on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if, I, if, I can, if I can go away and get a good preseason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're ready. Show. <laughs> you have to go and spend some time yeah, with we're... the Bears and Bristol Rovers, though, Gary. That's the problem. No, 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 no. Yeah, Sound of yeah. the city. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not doing any of that rubbish. Split it like that, yeah. Love it. Fair play. Right. Let's, uh, let's see how we get on up at Bramall Lane on Tuesday, and we'll be back um, midweek with uh, another bonus show. But big thanks, Gary, for getting out of bed this morning and spending some time with us. The is up. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> no problem. I'll buy you an alarm clock for Christmas and uh, we'll go from there. But Matt, um, yeah, we'll see Same. you on Tuesday and um, well, we'll be back yeah, okay. back midweek. But thanks for listening, everybody. Don't forget to, to go over and follow us on Twitter at 3PIAPC and playing us out is The Shucks with Whiskey Fool. Right, we'll be back soon. Take care, everyone. Take care, all. Thanks, guys. Bye. I'm drifting along it's a one-way Like the tumbleweed or a standing stone Far away from the city call I find myself on another bar stone Taking the time to think and Desolation of life